We're going to be over in the book of Judges here today. The book of Judges. It was in the spring of 1924, and Jack Sundin was a four-year-old kid standing in line with his father inside the White House, waiting to meet President Calvin Coolidge. As they neared him, Jack was noticing that the people, as they went to shake hands with the president, that the president whispered something to each one as they shook hands. And so he was with great anticipation looking forward to coming up and shaking the hand of President Coolidge and hearing the words that he would have to say. And so one by one, they began to pass. And one by one, he was getting closer. And he's getting closer. And he's getting closer. And finally, he said, he got there and he said, I will never forget the words that Calvin Coolidge spoke in my ear. He said, move along. We've been talking about hearing the words of God. Then when God speaks words to us, we need to honor and reverence those words that he speaks very pertinent words to us. Not always long words, but very important ones to us. Ones that we need to learn. Ones that we need to know. Ones that we need to abide by. We saw in 1 John verse 4 that, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. That in the realm of the spirit, there are many things to hear and many spirits to speak, but only one that we should pay attention to. We really need to get that down. It is not two in the area of the spirits. It's not good and bad. There are many in the area of the spirits that speak to us, but only one we should listen to. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. He didn't say both. He said every. It means there's a lot of spirits out there. There's a lot of ones that are trying to deceive us and to pull us into a wrong direction. They will give us wrong words to speak. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, not whether they're true, but whether they are of God. If their source is God, you can guarantee that it's truth. If their source is another, some of it might be truth. In fact, more than likely, a lot of it is truth. Only some of it is false. But he says, don't believe everyone. Test them. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. We saw in James chapter 3 that the reason that Confusion comes in. The reason people get confused on what God has said is because envy and self-seeking have worked its way in. We begin to seek after our own good. Not even just our own good as far as the flesh is concerned. We can seek after our own good as far as ministry is concerned. As far as the things of God is concerned. And we begin to think of my ministry and what I'm doing for God and what I'm going to gain in the kingdom. Envy and self-seeking, when they come in, cause confusion. We saw that Adam and Eve clearly knew what they were supposed to do, but it became clouded in a discussion with the enemy. <coughs> King Saul was told very clearly what he was to do, but when he came back, he did other things. He followed another pattern. Jeremiah had a word from God. His word was very clear, and people didn't want to listen to it. And people clouded it. People began to bring in other things, and they would say, Thus says the Lord. And Jeremiah would confront them. We saw David had a word that he received from God. As soon as he got that word from God, good things began to happen, not bad. He was promoted. He was recognized. Finally in his life, somebody outside recognized him for what he had done. And then 
things began to go down. We saw Dumas, who was one of Paul's converts. Paul saw enough in him that he brought him along for ministry. But after a while, we see that he writes about him that he left me for the things of this world. Last week, we looked at Jeroboam. Jeroboam had a very clear word from God. Do this, and I'll make of you an, an enduring house. And no sooner does he take the throne, he got confused. And he did the wrong things. And his house didn't last forever. Well, we're going to look at somebody here. We've, every couple of years, we pull him out and check him, check in with him, see what he's doing. He's still doing the same things. In Judges chapter 6, we set the stage here first. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites and the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which were in the mountains. So it was whatever. Whenever Israel had sown, the Midianites would come up. Also the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no substance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number. And they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel, who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you. And gave you their land. Also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But you have not obeyed my voice. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the turban's tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now, what would you feel like if the Lord came up to you and said, you mighty man of valor? We've seen over the passages we've covered here and other, other times that the Lord is very careful with his words. And his words have a lot of depth to them. And when it says the angel of the Lord, we're not just talking about any angel. We are talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ in the flesh appeared. Whenever you see the angel of the Lord, that's who it is. Because he's the only angel who receives worship. So the angel of the Lord appeared to him. This is what the, the angel says. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now it's one thing, you know, when you're, when you're little and you come off the soccer field and mom says, you did great out there. You were stronger. You were faster than everybody else. And you know it wasn't true. But it's mom talking, you know, and making you feel, feel good, and that's probably how she saw it too. But this is the Lord. This is the Lord speaking. The Lord said, You mighty man of valor. Now Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us. What did the Lord say? The Lord is with you. What is Gideon here? The Lord is with us. 
O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. So the Lord comes and has good things to say. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And he doesn't hear it. He does not hear it. He hears something completely different. The Lord is with us. Well, if the Lord is with us as in Israel, then why is all these bad things happening to us? How many of you have ever asked this question? If God is truly with me, why did I have such a crummy week? Nobody asked that question? If God is truly with me, why isn't this happening? If God is truly with me, why haven't I seen this miracle? Anybody ask that question? Nobody? We can go on to something else. I have other stuff I can get. <laughs> we, we ask, this is what Gideon is saying. He's seen all this bad stuff that's going on around them. And then the Lord, show, the Lord, the angel of the Lord shows up and says to him, I am with you. The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And the meaning that comes out of his mouth is, <laughs> if the Lord is with us, then why are all these things happening? The Lord did not say, I am with us. He said, I am with you. So he saw something good inside of Gideon. He sent the prophet. We read what the prophet said. The prophet says, God did good things for you, but you all left him. So this bad stuff is happening. Hopefully they, some people listened, probably cried out to God, and then God sent a deliverer. Here comes Gideon. So he says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. But he hears the Lord is with us. Why then has all this happened to us? We've been asking those questions too, haven't we? Why is all this happening to me? Why do I have such a hard time here? Why did this calamity go on? Why is this not healed in my body? Why am I upset this way? Why is work not going better? And we begin to do all this. Now, think about, think about these things. You pick that up. Those questions come up. Do they come from God? All right, now you all are saying no now, but that's not what you were saying yesterday. <laughs> right? Here in church, the answer is no. Back at home, the answer is... <laughs> because I'm seeing all this going on, going on and when I hear... I don't, pick, I don't say that's the enemy. If I, if I interpret that as the enemy saying to me, why is this going on? Wouldn't I say, get behind me? I don't say that, do I? I hear that. Why, why is that still going on? How come I still have to face this problem here? Why is this happening over here? How come this is going on? We begin to ask these things. We are just like Gideon. What has the Lord said about us in His Word? You are the righteousness of God in Christ. I have healed you of your afflictions. I am the God that heals thee. I have delivered you. This is what God says about us. And what do we say to him? How come I still have pain? How come this is still going on? Why isn't this situation changed? How come this person is still in my life? <laughs> we have all kinds of stuff that we, we can bring up, can't we? All right. If you are with me, then why then has this happened? So what's that tell us about Gideon? Gideon has been hearing things and believing them. He's been accepting them. He says, where are all the miracles? 
No one here has ever said that, have they? <laughs> We've never said, where are all the miracles? We've never said, well, if the Lord is really with us, where are all the miracles? Can you identify a little bit with Gideon here? But now the Lord has forsaken us. I know that you've never said that. At least not Sunday between 10 and 12. Maybe some other times, right? How many of you laid in bed at night, woken up in the morning, and you're thinking, God doesn't love me. God has forgotten about me. I'm not important to God. What I'm doing is not important to God. God has forsaken me. Look at this. There's no miracles. Nothing has happened here. God's not doing anything here. Now, I'll put this in your outline for you. These are the words of someone who is frustrated, aren't they? If the Lord, the angel of the Lord, appeared before you and his words out of his mouth are, let's go read it again. I want to get it exactly right. Uh, where was our verse? There it is, verse 12. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now, what could you do with a word like that? If the Lord came to you and said, the Lord is with you, you mighty man, or if you hear it this way, mighty woman of valor. The Lord is with you, you person of power. Would you begin to question all the things that are not going right? Or could you envision possibly stepping up there and said, all right, if you're with me and I am a mighty man of valor, Let's go change this. What do you think the Lord would say? Let's do it. Because <laughs> that's what he started trying to talk him into, changing some things. He's got, he's got some talking to do. I'll put this in your outline for you. I've given you this in years past. When we're in a land of frustration, faith is like another language. When we are in the land of frustration, faith is like another language. God may say faith things to us. All we hear is blah, 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 blah. All right, it's like watching the peanuts. Whenever the teacher speaks, right? Whenever the adults speak in the room, any adult, it's wah, 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 wah. <laughs> that's kind of funny. But that's what we hear because I'm frustrated. This is just another re review on some things. You can write this down if you want to. When frustration sets in, we feel powerless, we feel confused, and we feel unjustly treated. When frustration sets in, we feel powerless, we feel confused, and we feel unjustly treated. What do you think the odds are of you doing what God said to do out of frustration? Yet more Christians act out of frustration instead of out of faith. We're acting out of feeling powerless, confused, and unjustly treated. If you get in that mode, you're going to say something, you're going to do something that's probably not what the Spirit of God is leading you to do. Where would that put you? Outside of the will of God. When you are in the land of frustration, you have very little opportunity to do what God says to do. Very, and whatever decision you make is probably going to be the wrong one. Even if you happen to stumble on the right thing to do, you're not doing it out of faith and you'll fail. 
You got to get yourself out of the land of frustration first. Get out of that spot. Gideon is frustrated. He's here taking the, the wheat and doing this inside. He's supposed to be doing it outside. It's easier to do what he's doing outside than it is inside. Doesn't work all that well on the inside. But he's got to hide from the Midianites because they're going to come and take all the food, destroy all the food, whatever. And there's no food for them. Judges chapter 6, verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours. <laughs> What's the Lord say first? You mighty man of valor. And then he went off on his frustration thing. And the Lord comes back and says, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the land from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Now, this is Sunday morning between 10 and 12. If I ask you the question that if God sends you on a mission, will you succeed? Everyone says, yes. yes. Tomorrow that answer might be different. But today here, Sunday morning between 10 and 12, our answer is, <laughs> it is yes. If God sends me, yes, I can do it. I can tear down a wall. I can, <laughs> yeah, that song go. <laughs> I can do all those, all those things because the Lord has sent me to do it. But then when we actually get out there, then we're suddenly, oh, hmm. But it says the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. Go in this might of yours. Now notice that. When God is with you, and he called him a mighty man of valor, whose might is it? Wrong. Read that verse again. Go in this might of... So whose might is it? Does that not rub your religious side a little bit wrong? Go. This is the angel of the Lord speaking. How many of you all know the angel of the Lord knows a thing or two about God? Go in this might of yours. If you keep seeing this might as something outside of yourself, the enemy will talk you out of it each time. You do not see yourself as having the ability. Peter and John come to the gate, beautiful, and they see the, landmine, the, the lame man down there on the ground, and they say to him, silver and gold we don't have, but what God has we give you. Right? That would be incorrect. <laughs> he did not say that, did he? He said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, I give you. That means who has it? He's got it. If God has given you something, then he has given it to you. My strength I give to you. My strength I give to you. If God has given us his strength... Then it's mine. Oh God, I need you to come in. I need you to fight strong for me. I need you to... No, you need to do it. This is what God has to do. God has got to get Gideon to the spot where Gideon will get up and do this thing. Anybody can sit in the sidelines and say, God, go and fight for me. God, go and do it. God, go and... Get... I, don't, I don't have the ability. I can't do it. I can't... That's what he said. Go in this might of yours... And I shall, who shall? Who shall? You shall. Who's the you here? Gideon. Go in this might of yours and 
You shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Now, if you have the opinion of yourself that Gideon does, how probable does this thing, thing seem to be? Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. I ha- have I not sent you? He said, I'm sending you. This is your mission. Go and deliver Israel from the Midianites. So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. What did God say about him in the first word? Mighty man of valor. So God's viewpoint of Gideon is that he is a mighty man of valor. Gideon's viewpoint of Gideon is that I am the weakest of all. I am in the weakest family, clan, of all the people that I grew up with. I am the least. You got nobody right here. How can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. How strong of a tribe is Manasseh? One of the weakest tribes in Israel. And he is a part of the weakest clan in the weakest tribe. At least one of the weakest tribes. And his family is the least of all the families in the weakest clan in one of the weakest tribes in all Israel. When Manasseh went and took over the land, they were considered the intruders. When Judah took over the land, they kicked everybody, mostly everybody out. Not quite everybody, but mostly everybody out. And it was Judah's land. When you go over to some of the other ones, it was Benjamin's land. It was, uh, they, they all took their land. When you come over to some of the lesser tribes like Manasseh, the others, they just kind of found some unwanted territory in that area and they just kind of settled there and didn't make a whole lot of, didn't try and, you know, I, you guys have the nicer stuff. We'll just stay over here in the ugly areas. We'll stay in the swamps. So he's saying, go in this might of yours. But he doesn't say that he has any. How successful will he be? Not very. So we come back to it again. Verse 16. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that this is you who talk with me. So three times the Lord has directed positive words toward him. You're going to do this thing. Three times he's got a word from God. A lot of times God doesn't go beyond the first word. But this time he went beyond the first word and we got to the second word. And we got to the third word. Now you'll see this a few times in Scripture. Moses, when he got a word from God, he wasn't too receptive to it either. And he put himself down and and God came back and then Moses put that down and then God came back and then finally Moses just says, go get somebody else. And God says, he wasn't very happy. He says, no, you're going. You, you're going to go. You're going to do this thing. So he says, if I found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it's you who talk with me. This is never a good thing. I put this in your outline for you. What God is saying in the Spirit. When God speaks to us, folks, He speaks to us in the Spirit. That's how He speaks to us. He speaks to us Spirit to Spirit. He speaks to us in the Spirit. He speaks to us in the language of faith. He speaks to us. That, that's how He talks. 
if I'm going to hear him, I've got to listen to him how he talks. But that's not always the way that it is. You ever see those things on TV commercials? They, they do that. Sometimes, you know, they have the husband and wife because, you know, sometimes husbands and wives, we speak different languages. Sometimes the wife says one thing and the husband hears something else. And he acts on that other thing that he heard. And when we watch it on TV, it's comical. When we're living it, it's not fun. <laughs> but what God is saying, he's saying in the spirit. But Gideon is hearing in the flesh. This is where a lot of Christians are at. God is speaking to us in the spirit, but we hear it in the flesh. God is speaking to him in the spirit. I am with you, mighty man of valor. You can deliver Israel from the Midianites. I will be with you. And what's he hearing? I'm nobody. I'm nothing. I've not done anything so far. Nothing's really happening around me. God is trying to speak to him in the spirit, but he's hearing it in the flesh. If you don't hear the right thing, then you don't do the right thing. I can only do what I hear. Got to hear it. So he goes on. He says, do not depart from me, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from the flour. Meat he put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot. Brought them out, put them under the terebinth tree, and presented them. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread, and lay them on this rock, and pour out the broth. And he did so, and the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand, and touched the meat and the unleavened bread, and fire rose out of the rock, and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. How many of y'all know he is a spiritual man right there? This is a spiritual man. Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is peace. To this day it is still Ophrah of the Abyssalites. Now verse 25. Now it came to pass that same night the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, tear down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the wooden image that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock in the proper arrangement, and take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image, which you shall cut down. That's the assignment. This is what God wants them to do. Tear down the altar of Baal. Cut down the wooden image. Build an altar to God. So Gideon took ten men from among the servants and did as the Lord had said to him. But because he feared his father's household and the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it by night. Now, God didn't say, do this in the daytime. He just said, do it. So for him to do it at nighttime is not disobedience. It's just showing where he's coming from. He's scared. So he's going to do this at night. But he took ten guys with him. If you want to keep something secret, don't bring ten guys with you. Because it's going to get out. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, we did this at night, early in the morning. There's no Facebook. There's no Twitter. (laughs) Nothing like that exists. There was the altar of Baal torn down and the wood image image that was beside it was cut down. And the second bull was being offered on the altar which had been built. Then they said to one another, who has done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, 
Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. How'd they find out? And they found out pretty quick. They found out the next morning. And the men of the city said to Joash, Bring out your son that he may die because he has torn down the altar of Baal and because he has cut down the wood image that was beside it. Now, whose, alt- whose Baal was it? Whose image was it? Do you remember? It was his father's. But the people of the city got upset. But it said very clearly that the, the altar of Baal and the image was his father's. It was not the peoples of the city. Isn't it amazing how other people want to tell you what to do with your stuff? And they want to kill his son because his son tore down his altar of Baal. If anyone's going to get mad and do something to the son, it should be the father. But Joash said to all who stood against him, Would you plead for Baal? Would you save him? Let the one who would plead for him be put to death by morning. If he is a god... Let him plead for himself, because his altar has been torn down. Therefore, on that day, he called him Jerubabel, I'm sorry, Jerubabel. Let Baal plead against him, because he has torn down his altar. That's pretty good advice. Hey, if he's really God, if he's upset, let him take care of the situation himself. I'm amazed that the people walked away from that. That's, because that's not usually what they do. So that's the first assignment. It's kind of just getting them warmed up. Let them see that, you know, the hand of God is with them. This is just uh, put you out there, get you to do a little bit of stuff. And then we got the, the big order. Verse 33. Then all the Midianites and the Malachites and the people of the east gathered together and they crossed over and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. But the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Then he blew the trumpet and the Bezerites gathered behind him and he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh who also gathered behind him. He also sent messengers to Asher, Zebulun, Nephtali, and they came up to meet them. So Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, this is bad. This is bad. Nothing ever comes, nothing good ever comes when you start out ask, or telling God, if, where did, where did it go? If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. It's not just if you will. It's if you will do what you said. Don't ever go to God that way. That's not going to end well. If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, look, I have put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew in the fleece only, and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. Whose idea is the fleece? Gideon's. It is Gideon's idea. He came up with it. And so it was when he arose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece together. He wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not be angry with me, but let me speak just once more. Let me test, I pray, just one once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but all the ground let, it, let there be dew. So what happens first is he put the fleece out. And it, it's just wet in the area of the fleece. And so he rings out a bowl full of water. And then his mind says, it could have just dewed there. Just there. Just, yeah, it could have just done that. I mean, it might have happened. It just, just, just that one spot. All right, God, let me, I, I, don't be angry with me, but let me just speak one more time. 
Let it be dew all around, but on the fleece, let it be dry. And God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew on the, all around the ground. So he puts the fleece back out. Fleece over the course of the day dries out completely. Dew falls in the nighttime all around everywhere except on the, the fleece. Just that one spot. No water. And he comes out. Now, how many of you think that would convince somebody? You can come up with all kinds of things from now till next Sunday that God should do all kinds of signs and they will never produce assurance because you're still tuning into your flesh. He's still not sure. After all this, he stops asking God for another fleece out there, but don't, don't, don't put signs out for God. Don't put, well, I've never put a fleece out before God because Gideon did it and it didn't work out so well. So you come up with other ways. I heard one, one person there they always use this one for an example. So you're sitting there on the porch and you pray, God, God, if, if ten red trucks come by in a row, I'll know it's you. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. So we go on. What happens is, well, let's go on to um, what happens after this in the next number of verses is the Midianites begin to gather. The Midianites, the Amalekites, all the people from the east, they all gather together. And they see this mass of people out there. And this is what the Lord says to them. Verse 9 of Judges chapter 7. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered them into your hand. So all the Midianites, all the Amalekites, all the people from the east had gathered a huge multitude. And the word of God uses, if you read those verses of Scripture there, the same language he used before, you could not count even their camels multitudes of camels, multitudes of livestock, multitudes of people. And this swarm of people was coming against Israel. Going to come against Israel. He says, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered them into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Purah, your servant. And you shall hear what they say, and afterward your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Now understand, he's, remember the story of, of, um, of Gideon, how he had a whole bunch of people, and God says, you got too many. Got too many. Uh, we need to send them out. So he gave him one way to send them out. And then uh, he first came out there and he says, if any of you are scared, go home. Whole mess of people went home. Whole mess of them went home. They were scared. I wonder how many people who stayed behind, weren't scared before, now are. We've got less people. So he says, uh, he says, you still got too many people. Too many people. Too many people. people. Children of Israel are going to think they did this. I can't have them thinking that. So we need to get rid of some more. So he said, going down to the river and get them out, let them all drink. And the ones that drink by putting their face in the water, we don't want those. Send them home. The ones that dip their hands down in the water and bring it up to their face because so they can look around and be aware of what's going on, those are the ones you bring. So we bring those, we've got 300. 300 men against a multitude that you cannot count. How many of you, if you were getting, if you were okay before, now you're a little, hmm. But he says, go on down to the camp, take your servant with you. So he goes down to the camp. This is a huge camp. Give just this miracle right here. This is, this is not his idea. This is God's idea. If you're still afraid, this is what I'm going to do for you. 
Go on down to the camp. Where? You've got a multitude of tents set up. A multitude of people. And he says, just go down there. Just, just go any, anywhere. Yeah, just go on down there. Now, Midianites and Amalekites, all the people these were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts. And their camels were without number as a sand by the seashore in multitude. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. So just imagine this. Gideon and his buddy come down to the camp of a place of their choosing. And they just happen to come up to a, to a, to a tent. And as they come up to it, just then these guys have this discussion. Now, these are not women. They are men. Here's our discussion. I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of the Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned and the tent collapsed. All right. Now, guys, when was the last time you had a dream? And when was the last time you told it to your buddy? How often does that happen to you? Now, think about that number. Both of the times that it happened before for you. <laughs> Am I right, guys? Do we talk about dreams to other guys? I mean, when was the last time you talked about a dream you had to another guy? This is not something we bring up in conversation. This is not a thing that we normally do. But it happens that as Gideon comes down to the camp, that this guy says it to the other one. And it just so happens that the other guy has the interpretation. Is that not a miracle? Then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. How does he know Gideon? How does he know Gideon? Isn't Gideon a member of the, least, of the weakest of all the clans? of an insignificant tribe of Israel. And he is the least of all his family. And this person knows him, knows his father. I mean, it's one thing to say, all right, well, who's, who's leading these guys? Some guy named Gideon. We don't just know him as some guy named Gideon. We know him as Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel doesn't talk about his tribe. He says the man of Israel. Into his hand, God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. So we've got this unsaved, uncircumcised enemy of Israel who has more faith in God being with Gideon than Gideon has. And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped. Now, how many of you are doing this differently. He worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel. How many of you are returning to the camp of Israel and then worshipping? He's there within earshot of these guys and he worshipped God and then he returned to the camp of Israel. And he said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. He's already seen it as done now. He rose up in faith. What God tells you to do, folks, will produce faith. What you come up with will not. Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. 
What has God told you to do? How many of you, God has told you to do something and you've been slow to do it? You don't have to raise your hand. Just, just know. I've been slow to do it. God told me to do this. Now, first off, you've got to check and make sure that it's God. Don't believe every spirit. Test the spirits. Because there's some people out there, there's some spirits out there that are telling people to do things that are outright rebellious. That's not God. God is not rebellious. He does not lead people into rebellion. doesn't do it. So you've got to check that out. No, that's rebellion. Told you that story last time, last week. Church I was at. I was in a underling position. I had to do the, follow the teaching, follow the things that were done by the pastor. I was teaching something against him, whether it's true or not. I'm wrong. I learned, I, I knew that. Fortunately, I didn't learn that the hard way. I already knew that one and, and didn't do it. But sometimes, you know, we get a word from God. We've got to first off make sure, is this God? Is the source God? Once I determine that the source is God, then I've got to begin to do something. And we've got to begin to act on it quick. Now, you begin to think about this. How many times have you not acted on it as quickly as you should? All right, I knew God told me this, but I haven't done it. I had something like that happen to me this week. You know, I have, you all know I have the reef tank all set up. You know, I like the reef tank. I like taking care of the reef tank. I like watching the fish in the reef tank. I like doing the water testing. I like changing water in the fish tank. There is very little I don't like about the fish tank. I like the fish tank. It's kind of a nice little thing to get away to and, and to do some stuff with. But at one time I was working on, the, on something underneath there, and this came up inside me. Fix that stuff back there, you're going to have a problem. Oh. All right, so I, I, I knew immediately this was, this, was, this was God telling me to do something with this thing or I'm going to have a problem. So um, I began to meditate on it, began to think about it. What do I have to do to fix all this? And, and an idea came to me, and, uh, uh, and I had an image of how to fix this thing and what to do. All right, so, um, so I set out and... You know, it, it took me a, a few days to a, a week, and I got out to one of the fish supply places that I have, and I talked to him about it. He says, I need some stuff. I need to fix this thing that's down, going on down here. And he, uh, he suggested some things for me to do, and so I got a hold of those. But I still needed a couple of the things to get out there, and I hadn't gone out there and get them yet. And um, one of the times, I, it, was, it was Friday, Thursday or Friday this week. I forget which day it was. It's one of those days. And I was working in the shop, and I came out to do something on the fish tank. And then I went back into the shop, and then I came out to do something. Oh, I forgot to do that in the fish. Forgot to close that lid, or forgot to came back out. And as I came back out, smoke was coming up behind the fish tank. Smoke. It was on. Something was on fire. And so you know, you know, when you smell, and it's not this kind of smoke that you can smell it. Something's burning. You know what happens to you on the inside <laughs> when this is going on? And so I'm looking down there, says. All right, this is exactly what I was told to fix, and I hadn't fixed it yet. I got a lot of the stuff I need to fix it, but I hadn't fixed it yet. Oh, I was disobedient to God. I knew I should have done this thing. So all this is going through my, my mind. The, the, the outlet that was smoking was on a switch. We had three different outlets over there. It was on a switch, so I threw the switch off. Please stop smoking. Please stop smoking. <laughs> I don't know what's smoke. I don't know what's burning. I just know something is burning. And it's smoking. And I've seen pictures of what happens 
around fish tanks. Please let it stop smoking. Please let it stop smoking. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? So you know, some of the things are now off, and um, and the smoke's beginning. It's beginning to subside. Something. Oh, that means the fire, whatever is burning, it wasn't in the wall. It wasn't in the outlet. It was maybe in the cord or or something in there. So I had I reached over. I unplugged all the cords that were in in that spot. I'm, my heart's still going, you know. <laughs> my my hand's still moving, still moving this stuff around, getting it all unplugged and getting it, putting it back in. My wife's outside; she's in the garden. She's doing something out there. She has no idea what's what's going on on the inside. I got it all taken care of, and she came on in uh, sometime later. And I I'm pulling stuff out from underneath there and doing what I probably should have done before. <laughs> and I got it all pulled apart, and and she comes on in, and she, you know um, it's not unusual to see me. Working on the fish tank, doing something, so she didn't really think of anything at first. So I, first, I told her, I says, almost had a fire there. And she uh, says, oh, is that what I smell? <laughs> yeah, 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 she smelled it. So I says, yeah, I knew I should have done this before. I just I hadn't completed it. I said, I got some of the pieces that I need for this, but I hadn't completely done it. And so, it, but you know, that's, that's coming up in you, and, and, and you know it. When God, I told you this before, when God gives you a word to do something, there's time to get it done. Right? There's time to get it. God's not going to give you a word to do something. There's not time to get it done. If he's told you there's something to do in your health, there's time to get it done. You have high blood pressure. And he's told you about it. There's time to get something done. If you've got pain, if you've got a situation... That could become something greater in the area of the medical area. There's time to get it fixed. But when he comes up in your spirit, you've got to listen. And you've got to do the thing that he says to do. Now, we've talked about this before. How many of y'all remember the 100 days? We may have to do another one of those. <laughs> Not everybody jumps on board on these things the way that you should. You ought to, if you want to create something different in your life, you've got to create a new pattern. You've got to do something different. That's what those kind of things are, are for. How many of you started out and you said, I need to exercise because of whatever it was. Something was coming up. You had to get your weight under control. You had to get your uh, heart in shape. You had to get uh, high blood pressure down. You had to, Whatever it was, God was telling you, get out there, walk, get out there and do something. How many of you had something like that God was telling you to do? How many of you were like me and didn't do it? At least didn't do it quick, quick enough. Yeah. All right. Which means, get it done. Get out there and get going with it. Get the thing, get the thing moving. Now, when God tells you to do something, understand, it's not all done. He's going to say, do this. You've got to keep listening to him. Because in a few weeks, he may say, all right, now you got that down. Now do this. And do this. And it's not always that you have to just hear from the, the things from God. Go out there and read some stuff. Go out there and, and, and read on. There's some topics I just love to read on. I do some searches on some things and to see what's going on, what's happening in a, in a certain area. You all know I love running. Well, I sometimes just read some articles that I can find in there that talks about things to do in, in that area. One of the things I just read this, this past week, I saw it. I said, well, I'm going to check this out. Ten foods that are great for runners. So I thought, I'm going to check this out, see how I'm doing with that. How many of you all thinking vegetables are on there? Vegetables were not on there. I like that article. It's good. 
But I was going on through it, and uh, it was talking about some things. I don't remember all of them, but uh, a lot of them I was already doing. You know, chocolate milk. That was on there. Uh, eggs. Eggs were on there. Um, I'm eating eggs, but you know, I don't eat eggs every day. Maybe I should, I'm thinking, maybe I should step up my, my egg intake and uh, something like that. And so I was going through, yeah, but I got that one. On. Yeah, I got that one in there. Yeah, we're doing that one. Oh, I could do that one a little bit more. Okay. And, uh, and it was telling you not just the food, but what it did for you. So there's one food that was on the list that I don't do at all. Didn't do it. I mean, it's not like I don't like them. I just never really focused on it. And here was the thing. It says, specifically, it said nuts. But, but uh, the, the family of ones that it was identifying was almonds. Almonds. It said almonds, bring in, I, I, let's see if I can get it. I think vitamin K was in there, uh, the, a couple of other different things. And they said these are all things that supply. And it told what it did for you as a runner. And that's why I said, all right, I'll go out and get some almonds. Those things are not cheap. <laughs> Doggone. Well, fortunately, it said I didn't eat a whole lot of almonds. It said three times, four times a week, you know, grab some almonds and, and eat them up. So, so I got almonds. Brought almonds in and, and do, but you know you listen to some of these things and you can you can read that. But whenever you do, you check it with your spirit. Should I do this? Should I should I step out and, and do this? And if you feel good in your spirit about the thing, then you you go ahead and you and you do it. I told you before some of the injuries that I was coming back from. I listened to God. God, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Get this thing, uh, get this thing going. Get this thing back in. It doesn't stay the same. It doesn't stay the same each each time. You know, I, I did one thing for a month, two months, and then I get my spirit, and I'll change that. Oh, all right. So I got to do it this way and do add this to it or take this away and, and things like that. And here's one of the hardest things to do. When it starts to get better, you know what happens to us when we start to get better over something? We stop listening. Yeah, we can, we can stop listening. Oh, it's already better. I don't get to... No, 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 no. You got to still keep going in. I'm still going in there. And so I'm not having as much trouble with that, that injury that I told you about before. I'm not having as much trouble with that. And I'm, I can still keep uh, going. I haven't put the long run back into my workout thing yet. But, you know, I got my regular runs up to between seven and a half and nine miles, which is, which is a good regular run. I still want to get the long run back. I love the long run. That's, uh, we'll get that back in. But I haven't, I haven't, in my spirit, I don't have the okay to go out there and do that yet. When it comes, we'll go. But um, it's just not there. But here's the, here's the thing that was, was going on in me is that um, there's a, one of the things I was doing to, to heal was some of this rolling and things of, of that nature. And uh, I, was, I was getting this, you don't need to do it each time now. I'm getting back off on it some. And so, all right, I can, I can, I can do that. I'm back off on it a little bit. So... Um, I was actually going out in some runs. I didn't do it at all. I just stretched and out the door. And uh, what happened was in that same leg, I was developing, and it was a knot. You know, I was, every time I wanted to, I'd roll out the, the uh, injured area, and I'd find this spot that it was a knot. I mean, it was a significant knot that uh, I could feel roll around. And so, you know, I'm thinking, well, I guess I need to keep rolling this, this leg out some more. And so I kept rolling the leg out, and that knot was getting worse. It was getting worse. It was getting sore. It wasn't the original injury. It was just a, a, a knot. But um, so I went, to the, uh, I went to the chiropractor, and I, I told him, I says, look, I got this knot in this leg. Because they're always asking, you know, what's going on. I got this knot in the leg. Well, where's it at? You'll find it. And so uh, she went around. She was, oh, 
It's, yeah, wow. <laughs> she, that is something else. She said, I don't think it's a knot. She, and she told me what she thought it was. And, and the treatment for that was different. So I completely backed off. You know, I, you check it out with your spirit. And so I completely backed off of that, of that area. But you see, this is, this is the, and it's, it's better. I should say it. it's better. This is the, this is the thing you've got to do. You, there is no substitute for listening to the voice of God. You've got to listen to the voice of God. Now, how many, let's just find some good, how many of you have ever had, had or have now been reported whether it come up in the test that, you, that your blood pressure is high? How many of you have now or had before your physician telling you you need to lose weight? Um, trying to think of some other conditions that are, whatever condition you're on, I'm thinking of, whatever it might be. These, these are conditions that are ongoing, they're long lasting. Your spirit knows what to do. Your spirit knows how to get that down. It knows how to take care of it. But you've got to listen to them. You've got to go out there and you've got to spend some time with the, the, the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, or what, what are you saying? And, uh, and what's the Spirit of God going to say to you? Now, I got this word specifically for somebody, but it's also generally for, for just about anybody. And specifically, this is for Jeremy. Jeremy, you are desiring to hear the voice of God. It does not always require times of silence, but an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. So listen all through the day, because God will speak to you, and God is desirous of speaking to you. You do not have to pull yourself away to where everything else is blanked out. God will and is desiring to speak to you. So that was specifically for him. But God desires to speak to each one of us. And he will. And sometimes, uh, there's, there are times that God speaks to me wonderfully when I get down on my knees and I just begin to pray. God speaks to me wonderfully there. There's other times that I'm out doing something or working in the shop or doing a thing here and there and God will speak some, some things to me and I've got to give reference to it because you know when you're down on your knees and you're praying to God, it's real easy to stop and write something down. When you're out doing something, it's not quite as easy. But you've got to stand there. You've got you to write it down. What is God telling you to do? What is God telling you to eat? You know, I, we, we go back and forth on this vegetable thing. I'm still not a big fan. I do eat them every once in a while. But, um, you know, I, one of the articles I read talked about avocados. And how wonderful. They, I don't care about the rest of y'all. <laughs> it's a wonderful food for runners. They called it the miracle food for runners. It might be great for you too, but it's great for me. So I began to focus on it more and I began to, all right, what's in avocados? Guacamole's in avocados. All right, this is, eh, it's okay. And I had some, oh, wow, it's good. But then sometimes you get those avocados and it's like, holy cow, these things are good. And they are. I thoroughly, thoroughly love them. Now, some of that could just be like a pregnant woman craves certain foods that when you are... You're, just because you're not pregnant doesn't mean your body doesn't, is just broken in that area. It's going to crave certain foods. If you give in to your bad side, you will crave Doritos, <laughs> French fries. What else we got in there? Potato, potato, potato chips. Right? Uh, now, you give in to the good side, and your body is going to begin to crave some other things, and you need to go out there and you need to find out about them or, or get them 
and eat those things because it's your body telling you, I need this. That you are missing some, some nutrition. Now think of it this way. You think, well, that's, that's, too, that's too fleshy. If God wants my body healed, he can just heal it. If God wants your spirit well, what's one of the things that you have to put into it? His word? Doesn't just come to you? If you take his word and all the time you spend in the Psalms, Ecclesiastes, Lamentations, what's your life going to be like? Sad. No, you need to go out there and you need to find some other things too. You need to get out there and, and read Corinthians and Philippians and Galatians and, and get some of the stuff from the New Testament, some of the stuff from the Gospels. You need to get some of the stuff from the other books of the Old Testament. You need to get a well-rounded diet from the Word of God. Same thing with your body. Listen to your body. And the more you listen to it, the more it will speak to you. And I don't just mean your body and your flesh speaking to you. I mean your spirit connecting with God, finding out what you need to do, and communicating it to you, what, the need, what you need to do. Don't ignore what God has said. Now, if you do not obey the first word, the second word, why would he give you the third word and the fourth word? You've got to hit that first one first. You've got to hit that first area, in your, in the first area they, to get going on. That's what you've got to do. Set yourself up a goal. How, if you're going to walk, how far are you going to walk? What do you need to do? Right? Make your goal for the first week, first month. Set it up and keep yourself going. What, what are you going to do? You've got to have that, that plan going on. You've got to take care of that body. If you don't take care of that body, the body's going away. Listen to God. He's got a way to take care of that. Headaches. There's things you can do for headaches in the natural. And God will tell you what to do for those things. You ignore what he says. You can pray for a miracle all you want. You've got to do what he says. See, the children of Israel in this particular story, they wanted to do whatever they want and God come over and deliver them. Don't just do whatever you want. Listen to God. And just so you know, this week alone, how many salads did I eat, honey, this week? At least three, right? We went out to a restaurant, and I ate a salad. Of course, it had avocados on it, but I ate a salad. Listen to the voice of God. He's speaking to you. He's telling you things. But if you ignore him, he'll shut up. That's what he'll do. What causes our hearing to be hearing difficulties? What is it that causes those things? First off, what others have said about me. What others have said about me. People said, a lot of people said things about Gideon. Why do you think he had such a view of himself? He didn't, that didn't come from himself. You're not born with that. You know, look at the little kids when they're walking around. If you think anything different, ask my granddaughter. She thinks she is the bomb. She is. And we always tell her. But... You don't, you don't grow up thinking you're nobody and nothing until a whole lot of people begin to tell you that. Don't be telling them that. So what others have said about me, that causes me to have a lower image of myself and when God wants to come and speak something different to me, I can't hear it. I'll be like Gideon. Well, I know that you're with us. No, no, I'm, so, I'm with you. Well, what I have come to think about myself how many of you think about yourself? You think thoughts about yourself. Those thoughts are good thoughts. They build yourself up. 
those thoughts are bad thoughts, knocks yourself down. Begins to, to affect how you're going to hear from God. What has not worked in the past? We have failures in the past. And something has not worked. And when those things haven't worked and God wants to say, go out there and do this. No, nah, that don't work. I tried that before. Well, you didn't try it when God said to do it. And if God tells you to do something, it will work. It will, don't, don't be telling God, God, that don't work. If God says it'll work, it'll work. It will work. You got to listen to him. He will, he, it's amazing what God will speak to you about. It's amazing what God will speak to you about. I communicate with God, even in the area of running. I'm not just talking about injury and injury, injury prevention and food and stuff like that. I talk to him about the shoes that I buy. What about these shoes? They won't work for you. All right, stay away from that one. I wear a shoe now most of the time that most of the people in the running store don't like. They won't laugh at it because I'm wearing them. But they all, they look funny. I said, they work. They work. What has not worked in the past? Here's the last one. What I feel I deserve. God, I don't deserve that. Well, I deserve that this should happen. These things will taint you. You can probably make more of a list, but just most of them are going to come down to these four things. You see, these things stir up your flesh. When you stir up your flesh, you hear things through your flesh. And you'll live in a land of frustration. When you hear things in the spirit, you can live in the land of faith. You cannot live in a land of faith listening through your flesh. Cannot do it. You've got to listen to your spirit. God will speak to your spirit. But don't believe all the spirits. Test them. See which ones come from God. And when God speaks that to you, you can get it done. You can do it. You can move on. What has God told you to do? Now, some of you raised your hand and said, God told me to do something and I, I didn't do it yet. Go home today and do it. Well, I'm supposed to walk. It's going to rain today. Stop finding excuses. I, was, I had an opportunity to text my son here this, this morning. And um, he, uh, sometimes if I hit him, you know, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, he hasn't gone to bed yet, so I'll, I'll hear right back away from him. And so we were talking about a few things. And uh, I told him, I says, I got to run in a thunderstorm today, or this week, and it was really raining hard. I said, I thought of you the whole time. Because he loves to run. I'm okay with running in the rain. He loves to run in the rain. We had a few times when he was here where it was a downpour, and he's like, get your running shoes, let's go. <laughs> and so we went out there and I mean downpour to where we got around the block and were soaked that's how much it was raining and he was in heaven he just thought this was great he thought it was the, the best thing but um, he wrote me back and says yeah that would have been fun I don't know if he doesn't get too much of that out there or, 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 or what but stop finding excuses you found excuses last week the week before that and the week before that and the week before that right? And if you keep on going, you'll find an excuse for today and tomorrow. If God has told you to change your diet, if God has told you to exercise, if God has told you to read in a certain area of the Bible, if God has told you to pray in a certain way, if God has told you to change your thinking, if God has told you to to speak differently, these are things you need to listen to. And it's something that you need to do right now. 
if God has told you to, to, on your thinking, that you're thinking wrong, your next question is, what should I think on? Now, you can go to the Word of God and says, think on these things. <laughs> That's a good list to be, be working with. But you get your thinking wrong, your talking's wrong. Get your thinking wrong. There's a, I have a word specifically for somebody in this church here this morning who's been doing that. I'm not sure exactly how to give it to you yet. But specifically, it was for you. Your thinking is wrong. Therefore, your talking has been wrong. And your life isn't changing. Got to get that thinking right. <coughs> if God has dealt with you on that, you've got to do it. Not tomorrow, not next week. You've got to do it now. Because once, once you do that, then He can give you the next one. It's not going to give you the next one. God does not do this. We do sometimes, but God does not give you the next step if you don't obey the first step. Why should He? First off, you're not ready to take the second step. You've got to listen to Him. And if you're saying that God has not spoken to me to do anything, you're not listening. Because God's always speaking to me about doing something. Change this, Steve. Fix this over here. Get this going. Do this over here. Keep that up. That's what you need to do. He's, he's talking to you about these kind of things. And it comes to, your, comes to your spirit. The more that you obey it, the more that you listen, the more you can recognize it right away. And you can change these things. What is God speaking to you? What God's, what's God telling you? Where are we at? Let's all stand up. If you've got something going on in your life and you want prayer for that this morning, I'm going to invite you to come on up here to the front. Receive prayer for it. Now, we're not looking for prayer. Well, I need this thing to change. God has spoken to you about some things. You've got a hindrance. I, God has told me to do this. This is what I've been doing. I need wisdom. I need... He'll tell you. If you want prayer for something that needs to change in your life, something that you heard from God on, something that you haven't heard from God on yet. Come on up here to the front. We're going to pray for you. person hasn't come up here yet. I got something for him. I'm going to turn this off. Uh, safe trip there and of course safe trip back. Of course those things. But while you're there I know that you have a lot of uh, spiritual targets. People to minister to. Ministry and things to, to do to accomplish while they're there. So Let's uh, pray over them. And not just today. Be, be praying with them. They leave on Thursday. It's uh, how long? 12 hours? 14 hours? Up to 14. It's a long time to be in, in flight. So be praying for them for that. And then be praying for them while they're there. And uh, they'll be sending back some updates on what's, what's happening. So we'll, we'll keep everybody up to, up to date what's happening with that. But it's a long way to go. It's lots of stuff to do over there. And so we're going to be doing our part and praying for them. All right, let's put our hands out on those around here. Put your hands right on them. In the name of Jesus, Father, we just thank you. I thank you, Father, that your angels go everywhere that they go. You watch over them in the flight there, in the flight back, all the places that they go to while they're there. 
that, Father, your hand of protection is all around them. I thank you that the words that they speak will minister life to everyone that they come in contact with. Those, Father, that are born again, the Father, they water the word that is in them. They encourage them in their walk. Those that, Father, haven't turned their life over to God, teetering on the edge, I thank you, Father, for the things that you will do through them to help bring those people into the family. And those people, Father, that are hard to the gospel, I thank you that you will give them words to speak to even help them. We give you the praise and the glory for it. Look forward to hearing good things. As we know, it's not just a vacation. Wherever the ekpays go, they expect God to use them to minister to the unsaved. And we thank you for that here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. We will miss you guys. That's a long time to not see you all. All right. And uh, one other prayer, prayer request. Susan's neighbor is still in the hospital. I see she has in the bottom there confused. That means you're confused as to why he's still in the hospital? Because he was doing better? Oh, he's confused. Ah. Okay. You still up in uh, Lehigh Valley? All right. Father, we just thank you for the people that you have sent along his path to minister to him and that they continue to go along, remind him of the word, put him in remembrance of it, and show him Jesus as the healer. We thank you for it, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Some praise reports? I want to thank God for helping me get my permit. And she has at the bottom here, Dad saying, it's about time. <laughs> praise God. Hallelujah. Um, Ara says, I praise God for adding another year to my life. And I thank Zoe Christian Fellowship for all their warm wishes. I love you very much, my church family. And we love you too. Amen. This one's from Susan. She says, her plumbing issue was solved. Mom had bad pain in her foot. We prayed and she is much better. Amen. This one, i got to give you a little backup story to this one. Last Saturday, we had our women's prayer breakfast, and we prayed for some people that were there. One of the things that we prayed for was Phyllis. And on Tuesday, she received the answer to that prayer. She says, this week on Tuesday, I had a promotion with a raise to a new department. Nice bump up headed to retirement. But not only that, she says, B.S., I got two checks in the mail. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Any Amen. other praise reports? Amen. Now I, oh, I have one. This week, I don't know how many of you knew it, but um, it started last week. I had a lot of pain in my hip. Spent lots of time at different doctors, different emergency rooms. Nobody could figure out what was going on. But like Pastor was preaching about this morning, listening to that inward spirit, the Lord kept telling me it's an infection. But once we started get, getting, you know, after that infection in prayer, it disappeared. So, praise the Lord. No more crutches. <laughs> Amen. All right, let's stand up again. Yeah, that was a, a good thing. She was, uh, pain got kind of worse, steadily worse as the week went on. And then uh, went away. She got, she got a word what she thought it was, which she was going on, but the, I don't think the doctor really tested for that. Never did, uh, never did that for her. But 